I gave them like big surveys saying, what do you want to see? What storylines do you want to come up? What um, plot points do you want for your character? And every single one of the things that they gave me was in the world. <laughs> they didn't know it. They didn't get there. They didn't give it enough right. time to get there and stuff like that. They didn't even see the main story because they kept going on side quests. Welcome to Dungeons and Dinners, where the love of fantasy is food for thought. I'm your host, Brett Lindley, and that was a sample from today's conversation with Aaron Waite over at Aaron Games underscore on Twitter. Today, we talk about improv, mind games, role-playing in GTA, the novelty of experience, and so much more. If you want to hear a bonus episode with Aaron after the main episode, or you just want to support the podcast in general to help fund future endeavors, consider making a donation over at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. At the $5 level and above, you'll get access to exclusive bonus minisodes every single week that range in length from 15 minutes to full-length bonus episodes, as well as access to the entire catalog of previous bonus content. That's four additional episodes a month for only $5. So if you enjoy our conversation today, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners and help keep this podcast ad-free. Now let's get on with the conversation. Welcome. Take a seat anywhere. Be right with you. And as I said in the intro, we are joined today by Aaron Waite at Aaron's Games underscore on Twitter. Uh, Aaron, thank you so much for joining me at the Dungeons and Dinners table. Hey, Brett. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you that uh, may not be as familiar or have not had an introduction to Aaron uh, and the breadth of content that you have on uh, YouTube and Twitter, as well as a few other places in your link tree link in the description, uh, why don't you spend a little bit of time letting us know who you are and what you do in the TTRPG space? Cool. Well, uh, I'm Aaron and I play games. So I talk about games, <laughs> hence Aaron's games. <laughs> it yeah. really, that's what it comes down to, it really. Fits. It fits really um, well. It's a very descriptive yeah. name. <laughs> so, like, I play a lot of DD, um, I play a lot of uh, DBD, um, I play all sorts of games video games, board games. Uh, role-playing games, uh, mind games. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I'm like mind games, <laughs> absolutely. Got to get that. Got to get the psychological. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I figured, like, you know, lockdown happened last year, and I, or maybe maybe the year before, by the time this goes out, actually. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, I've got I've got so much free time, and I'm gonna like because I'm like really easily. Uh, I go into like malaise. If I've got nothing to do, I'll just lie down and do nothing, yeah. <laughs> which yep. I don't like. <laughs> it's I just me that. and my thoughts. We don't need that. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no. There's no so... need for us to recycle our childhood. Exactly. Plans. Just round and round <laughs> Two and in the afternoon. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, because I had this channel uh, years and years ago because I'm a filmmaker and I run a company called Extreme Productions as a freelance. And then I had this uh, like offshoot channel called Extreme 2, where it was for, you know, for me to put like informal stuff. Like I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto online with a friend and we'd do recordings. We'd, we'd just be silly, like play ridiculous games on it. Not, not like the main games, but like make up our own games, like mm-hmm. chaining police cars together to explode them like yes. one by one by one. <laughs> um, so I had them up- uploaded on there and then, yeah, lockdown happened and I was bored and I was like, oh, I could, you know, talk talk about games some more, start doing some more videos, got all these filmmaking skills that are going to waste, got an expensive camera that's not being used, why not? Right. So kind of relaunched the channel, um, did some 
um, did some kind of studio based stuff. I went back and played some games that I played way back when I was a little like, you know, eight, nine first computer type games. Um, and some full guys and some just general general gaming stuff and then talked about D on there quite a bit and had some recordings of some games we played crash pandas that was quite an early recording um that was bonkers um and yeah just just generally i've done some games reviews of new games that have come out and i just like talking about game i love playing games and i like talking about things that i love so Hey, listen to me talk about games for a bit and put that on That's YouTube. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know I know that feeling very intimately. So <laughs> Um so you brought up a few things here. I'm I'm kind of curious stuff cuz this is a really good blend. I mean, a lot of there are a lot of people that enjoy D&D and video games, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not like an uncommon thing. But I think that there is uh something to drill into a little bit when it comes to you stating creating your own fun in a sandbox style environment like in gta 5 i think gta Mm -hmm. online is probably one of the up there with like minecraft just availability of creating your own fun and like your own rules and it to me harkens back to like playgrounds like like on like in school where You've got a wide open space. It's got a fence around it, but you don't really notice the fence because it's far enough out that you don't you don't yeah. run into it a whole lot. And there's some equipment, maybe some toys, it's a few balls, some chalk or something, a half of a jump rope. And and you've got to fill, you know, 15, 30 minutes of time or whatever. Mm. And and you're just in and there's a whole bunch of people and some of them you like and some of them are your friends. And then a lot of them you don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, you just and avoid. That, right. You, or or maybe, you know, involve them without them knowing. Like, I yeah. think that tag is such an interesting non-consensual con- like consent <laughs> game, right? Like, very, I guess you can say, would you like to play tag? But if, if like, a kid runs up to you and pokes you and says, tag, you're it. Like, you are now, you are now it. You are obligated. You're in it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think in the same way, like you know, it's a little bit more so. But when you you shoot a longer rocket, oh, sorry, <laughs> that was a stumble. When you shoot a rocket launcher at somebody, <laughs> yeah, you you know, it's a similar kind of tag. You're it. There's like, like a, hey, this you're in the game you. now, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it says this lost. person killed you last. Like I want to get them back. I want to, yeah, or yeah. I'm going to take it out on someone else. If I don't get them, I'm going to take my frustrations out on the next person. <laughs> so. But I think that there's a there is a lot of similarity between that and like something like D and D, which is just a massive recess time. Instead of a instead of a yard, you have a bunch of books and and a game table and some maps. And I I don't know. I do you do you get that same kind of feeling? Absolutely. Like uh, like like you said, this is it's a sandbox type thing. So with Grand Theft Auto Online, you're given this huge city, and it's a it's a Effectively, it's a working city. There's people, there's cars going around, there's buildings, bridges, tunnels, oceans, rivers, all that stuff. And, you know, we spent hours making up games. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have heard it over, over there, but there's a, a show called Taskmaster. Um, I love Taskmaster. I actually was just watching. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it stinks because we don't get the, like, 
primetime version, uh, so we don't yeah. get like the the new episodes. But for a while, they were releasing everything on YouTube. They scaled nice. that back a little bit, uh, but yeah. most of the old seasons, up through like season eight or nine, are all free. So we just like power watched them. It was kind I of, love it. I love that show. It's changed hands to a different studio, which is great because they're throwing a lot more money at it. But anyway, um, yeah. So it's one of my favorite shows, and uh, the person that I play Grand Theft Auto Online with is really into it as well. So I was like. Because we'd been playing so long, he's built up this persona uh, that he calls Evelyn, and she's like this badass, like total, uh, you know, like femme fatale. Like whatever is going on in city, she's in control of it. And it was just nice. we just played to that every every time. Um, so I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll play Taskmaster, but it'll be Challenge Evelyn. Uh, and so <laughs> I came up nice. with these weird things, like, oh god, one of the one, one of the one of my favorite ones was um, steal a red car and then kill someone in a green car without leaving the red car, and then change to the green car. Then do the same thing with a blue car, then a silver car then a black car nice. and then a motorbike and then from the motorbike to a police car. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The big finale there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it took ages, but it was so I'm funny. Sure. <laughs> Do it as and quick like, as possible. Just... Your time starts now. <laughs> yeah. Off you go. Ding. Um, and it was just so funny. And the idea was that we would, um, we, we basically did it as like a pilot scheme. Um, we were going to record them and turn them into like episodes like Taskmaster, but like Challenge Evelyn, today we're playing yeah. such and such. Um, and then that kind of devolved on my channel to You Play, which I did a similar thing. Uh, well, that was one of the challenges. So I set five uh, Grand Theft Auto Online challenges. And one of the other ones that I set, which I hated myself for because I was going to play them myself, was um, <laughs> go into a public lobby and convince random strangers to ride the roller coaster with you now i don't have voice chat turned on because you know uh, you get a lot of kids screaming in the lobbies right. and stuff like that and i'm a bit like i'm quite shy uh, so if i'm talking to someone i want to know who they are uh, and right. get to know them before i start screaming obscenities down the microphone <laughs> <laughs> so my friend did it um another friend did it because he's a streamer but he's he's played Grand Theft Auto on the computer, so he can just type in the chat and be like, hey, come mm -hmm. ride the roller coaster with me. That's easy! I had to <laughs> go on to voice chat and be like, hey guys, you don't know me, but come and ride the roller coaster with me. It took me <laughs> ages to get someone to turn up who didn't immediately shoot me. Um, I mean... That's the same. That's the same way as like the the people at Taskmaster who like get the secret clue or something, or just like get the like this is like a really intense task and this take like one shot at it. It's like six seconds. They're done. <laughs> like yeah, exactly. I have a keyboard. I'm just gonna use the keyboard. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know it was fun, and I hated myself for about five minutes, but it was fine. <laughs> that's no, that's awesome though. I think that that's that's super cool. Like I love the idea of taskmaster in gt i think you could you could easily make that just a whole thing yeah like because there's so much like it's kind of ridiculous the amount of things you can do like there's no reason that you should have to be able to ride the roller coaster in gta right oh yeah exactly like, it's such an like, optional extra <laughs> and a lot of the things there's so i have another podcast uh it's, it's much more video game focused called pick up your sticks and my mm. co-host there is walker is GTA 5 slash online is his favorite game of all time. And yeah. and on top of that, and I and I have to give him credit, he's not necessarily wrong. Ha has the best tennis game of all time is just in GTA 5. It's like, a great little mini game. It's great. Yeah, it has so much more 
to it than it needs to be. Like it could be like two buttons and like pong sort it's of the, thing. It's the same with the golf as well. It's like I've I've yeah. spent hours just playing golf in Los Santos. It's so yeah, weird. And it's like it's like why is this so good? Why and it's not it's not essential <laughs> to the core gameplay. It's not like I get like in the story mode, like sure we'll throw in the yoga mini game or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And that doesn't actually do anything or have anything. It doesn't really matter. You get a little fitness score out of it and whatever. <laughs> but like having a full blown games within a game that are that are well done because yeah. you'll see that all the time, like mini games. But they are just that. They're like yeah. slapdash, one or two buttons, simple mechanic, no failure state really locked in kind of things like mm. asteroids or something <laughs> but not a full-blown like this is a legit good golf game that's just yeah. in and <laughs> and then i'm gonna go get in an apache helicopter like <laughs> <laughs> oh i missed my shot <laughs> <laughs> yep yep well the hole in one <laughs> hole in one abrams tank there we go <laughs> we'll do it but like I saw someone, uh, I can't remember who it was on on YouTube, who was um, playing golf but with boats. So he he, I think he had a, a mod on that could launch a boat, and the idea was he would start in one body of water and be aiming for another. But like he was only allowed to launch from the ground. So once he like lined up and launched the boat. He was just like, right, let's see how close we get. And he got like a hole in one, like across the map from one lake to another. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, I think that just kind of testament to them of like, there hasn't been Grand Theft Auto 6 in so long, but it's right. because they keep coming up with new stuff like the the arena racing minigames, the, the stunts. That, we spent ages making stunt courses and I've got some yep. bonkers ones on there. But like... It's just so replayable. So, like, as much as I would love to play the next iteration of Grand Theft Auto, you know, if it's anything as good as the story mode in five, it's going to be incredible. Well, for but sure. you can kind of see why they haven't needed to, because a they make thousands and thousands of dollars a day from this oh, thing, wow. which is incredible. Good, good for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, it's just like I don't play it very much anymore because we kind of reached a limit. It's it's very much. Um, you have to spend the money now. So like every right. five minutes yeah. when you're playing, your phone rings. It's like, hey, do you want to do this? It costs $4 million. Mm -hmm. Hey, do you want to do this? It costs $2 million. So it's very like the pressure is there. And it's I think they've reached yeah. the saturation. But I kind of you know, I started when that stuff was just starting to trickle in a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I yeah. had some of the like Twitch is giving away a million dollars a week sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. at the end of like my first month, it was like, now if you want a million dollars, it's 20 bucks. It's like, yeah, uh... yeah, exactly. Or just, I, it, it, it's, it's also kind of because, you know, even if it's not hackers, just over geared people are rampant. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. like the only way to like do legit gameplay is to then like try to fake your way into your own lobby by like disconnecting your nick card for five seconds or whatever and like we dumping did, um, everybody out <laughs> we did have a way i can't remember what it was but we had a way of of creating a public lobby that was just me and right. my friend it was great mm -hmm. and we just do the business missions with no interference yes. at all like rock up like, the money it's like that's all. i do like Don't tell if, if it was if it well yeah i mean i did some of that too i think it it's one of those things where if it had like an mmr system Mm. I would feel a little bit better about it. Right. Yeah. Where like, I don't just cause I've just started the game and I'm doing like my first business mission and somebody on a, 
flying rocket motorcycle that shoots missiles like just you know takes or because i mean that to me is just as bad as the hacker that like makes the whole map explode everywhere at once like it's just it's the same it's the might as well be the same difference i'm dead either way right like i don't have a flying motorcycle so i can't do this but no i mean it's it's a but at the same point in time like doing it solo is fun only for so long because like some of that suspense and anxiety and tension is other people playing but Mm -hmm. i would hope that other people were close to my skill level and profit level like yeah you know low level mob boss should be fighting low level mob boss not yeah exactly you know and there's some really like some of the early game modes that are on the game like there's a game mode called uh top fun where you you split off into teams and one team has fighter jets and the other team has motorbikes or cars and the 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 people on the ground have to run from one point of the map to the other and the fighter jets are trying to take them out it's incredible fun but no one plays it because it's one of the original uh modes no one right. really cares about it. nobody logs into it's it anymore so much fun but yeah no you, like, you really go good. on there trying to make a mat and you're the only one there for like two hours right <laughs> but i need to i need to organize some games because that that is what i want to play but like yeah. getting getting even eight people to play it in the world is impossible right <laughs> so I'm gonna have to well i mean it. we may do some things here throw some throw some stuff out on twitter you know have a podcast yeah, episode on get you, let's get do it there. Let's do it. If you're um, listening and you want to play Grand Theft Auto with me, let's do it. <laughs> um, so in your TTRPG life, mm. uh, do you tend to lean more dungeon master or more player? Or, or are you one of those rare people that has like some healthy work-life balance? Like <laughs> Work-life balance? What's that? Oh my goodness. I know, right? Um, <laughs> I, I tend to lean more towards a dungeon master. Um, okay in terms of the games that I'm mainly playing in. But that said, I am now in a regular weekly game as a player, which is absolutely incredible fun. Um, our DM is, is, he's really laid back and chill and he's, he puts a lot of effort into the game and the storytelling is, is just spot on. But at the same time, we as players can go, nope, let's go somewhere else. And he's ready for it. Like he's got the whole world built. So he's like, oh, you're on a mission to save, uh, you know, go and rescue these towns that all the people have gone missing for some reason. And we're like, no, my character wants to own a pub now. And he was like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> That's what we I mean, did. Those missing so, people are going to be some other hero can try they, to find exactly. them. <laughs> They'll wait. It's fine. We found them in the end. But like, <laughs> yeah. So back to the original question. Sorry, Tangent. Yeah, um, yeah. I tend to run games myself because I, I really like running games. It goes, like comes back to kind of what I'm saying with Grand Theft Auto Online. Facilitating a game and creating the rules for those games on there was great. And like running D&D um, for my friends, I really, really enjoy it. I just like the, you know, putting plans together. And I really like the idea of that I'm telling a story about a world that exists in my mind, right? And okay, it's fed by books and, you know, data and maps and things like that. But the real detail of it is in my head and the players have no idea. And so they're asking questions about the world and I'm the one with the answers. And we have this kind of shared collective, uh, what's the word? Um hallucination of this world yeah. and it looks different to everyone everyone have their different interpretations of it but and yet it's the same world we're all looking at the same 
bit of sky or the same castle that I'm describing. And I just love that. Um, yeah, so I've, I've only been doing it for about, well, coming up to two years now, I think. Um, oh, it might even be two years in the next few days, actually. Um, I just, just really enjoy it. Ever since I first kind of not found out about D&D, but decided that I was going to play it, I knew that I wanted to be running the game rather than playing the game. I, not that I have anything against playing the game. I do love oh, yeah. playing the game, but like I much prefer running. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it definitely kind of speaks to, I, I would guess that you would at least run a couple of games, you know, after talking about setting up things in, in GTA and you definitely have like a passion for it. You have good ideas. Like it sounds exciting and fun. I would, I want to be like, I think it should be a whole game show. Like, I think it should just be essentially set up as like, get a Fiverr like account to pay somebody for like the cheapest, worst knockoff of the Taskmaster theme that you can make on like, like a Casio keyboard. It has to be (laughs) interpretive, but not quite. (laughs) And yes, there you go. go. (laughs) Do it. He's got a little keyboard there. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah just, it's just an interpretive Taskmaster <laughs> intro. And then you need like an Alex and, and a Greg. And then, and ju- just do a season, like like run a season and have five players come so, in. I mean, yeah, that was like, uh, that was the original plan. Like, I was going to be the Alex and my friend right. Neil was going to be the Greg because this Evelyn character is awful. Like in this right. world, she is mean <laughs> so that was that was the plan um and then i've actually got the taskmaster book here i wrote some tasks because again before the pandemic you know in the before times as we say yeah, now the before um i was going to get five people together and we were going to play taskmaster and i was going to film it in the same sort of style that they do so i nice. planned out this this day of tasks for them um and we, I planned out the route we were going to start at my flat and use the table for lab tasks and then <laughs> go out into town. And there was a couple of tasks where you have, one of them was like, get five people to wave at you from a car while we drive by. Right, <laughs> like, right. I would never be able to do this, but I'm looking forward to making other people do it. Um, and I had five players lined up and, you know, it was all ready to go. I've got all the props and all the little mm. ingredients for the games. And yeah, no, it didn't happen. Um but I think yeah. that I think that a lot of that speaks to that whole kind of creating, creating fun, creating mm. interesting things. Build yeah. it's riddles, traps, dungeons, puzzles, political encounters, monsters, yes. battle map, all of that. It it is still like it's that same core experience, right? Of uh, creating something for people to experience for the first time. Yes, it's very rare that I've played. I don't know that I personally I've seen it and I know it happens like you can play Curse of Strahd more than once. Right. Mm. But very rarely are you playing the same experience like a lot of video games, especially outside of sandboxes. If you play through it like you can make different choices, Mm. but you're still probably going to be seeing the bulk of things exactly the same way, especially like full motion videos or whatever. Right. Like cutscenes. Yeah. But in D&D, even if I'm playing two Curse of Strahds, unless it's the same exact person running it and they're a robot, like, <laughs> I'm probably going to see things differently in my head. Like you said, yeah. this like shared hallucination or if it's somebody else running it, I mean, it can be entirely different characters story like the The core elements might be the same, but yeah. it's miles away from I'm not going to get the same experience 
So even if I know certain things about it, I still don't really know. I still can only go so far with my meta knowledge, you know? I think essentially it's because it's it's the infinite probability of the different ingredients. So you're going to have a different game master, you're going to have a different set of players, different set of characters. Even if it's the same GM, the same players, they're going to make different decisions. They're going to have different characters. They're going to approach things in different ways. Maybe they won't die to that monster, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Dice maybe rolls. they don't. Exactly. Dice, you know, and a whole, a whole other layer of kind of to the next degree of complication who knows what's going to happen you might not make that same decision you might go and save this person where you let her burn in a fire that really happened in my game um <laughs> you know, time travel there's, there's all those all those different options so we've said like one of the players in my curse of Strad group is so into the game and it's it's absolutely incredible i love it so much um and she said that she wants to run it and i said great once we're done with this, you know, in two or three years, because they, they do spend a lot of time on the side quests, um, <laughs> then I'll give you all of my books and all of my maps and everything you want, you can have it. And then I want to play. So I, you know, I yes. know a lot about the world and have to, but I'm so excited to go in and be like, right, I'm going to play it now. And she's going to run it. And she's already told me some of the things that she's going to do differently. She's not telling me like pretty much most of it, obviously. But oh, yeah. like she's made some changes already and I'm like, this is incredible. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I think that that's something that that's an experience that you just, it's just not available in, in a lot of like, you can't, you can't watch, you can watch the same movie as many times as you want and you can even mm. get new things from it every time or see things that you missed. Yeah. But other things will still be exactly as they were the first time. Cause it's a movie. Yes. It plays yeah. the same every time. Yeah, recorded to, to film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and with D and D, like I, you couldn't even two days apart. I couldn't with a script. I couldn't run the same D and D session because like no. <laughs> the, inf- the just the inflection in my voice will change. Yeah, my presentation will change. I'll I will color up that script every single time with new language. Like I can't. <laughs> re- I can scripts are bullet. Like I don't write straight out scripts because even when I do, I will add words in there. Yeah, like the intro and outro for this show are almost the same every time, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, I will change. I will go directions. off script every single time. <laughs> I'd be a terrible <laughs> actor. <laughs> but I don't know. I just think that there's there's something to that novelty to yeah. to knowing that every time you sit down, you are about to have a completely novel experience that is completely unique to you that even if you film it and show it to others, like they can see you having that experience, but they can't have that experience. Right. No, exactly. And it's it's in the room at that moment. That's it. You're enjoying it. You're experiencing it. And it's not gone because you, you're building on the story in that, but it's, it's kind of, it's created immediately and it sits there and you're building from it. And you're never going to be in that moment again. You're not going to have mm-hmm. ever have that exact set combination. It's like one of my favorite things. It's it's a you know one of these random factoids that you know, a deck of cards, an ordinary deck of cards. You shuffle that, and you are the only person in the world to have ever had that combination of cards. And that's only like what fifty four cards with the jokers in. There's right. billions of combinations, and so every time you shuffle a deck of cards 
you have a new combination of cards. And that's mind-blowing. But, like, that's just 52 elements. Imagine all of the potential elements of D&D in, like, any kind of role-playing game. Like, shuffle all of those, and you've got a new combination. So, speaking of worlds with infinite possibilities, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your DMing experiences. Um, You had mentioned that you're, you know, in a game of Strahd. Uh, Do you find that you mostly use... Uh, either like like one shot or adventure style content, um, or are you homebrewing the bulk of your uh, your game materials? It's a kind of mix of both, really. Um, so Curse of Strahd, um, I'm going very well. It's it's by the book, but it has a lot of elements that I've added in. So um, up until recently, I was running. Okay, let's let's go to the beginning of this story. So I ran Lost Mine of Fandelver as my first uh, campaign running, um, and I ran with some experienced players, and we had a great time. And at the end of that, I kind of said to them, what would you guys like to do next? I am interested in doing homebrew. I don't know if I'll be any good at it, but it'll be fun to have a go. Or we can pick up a module. These are the ones that I'm interested in. Um, they said they were kind of keen on playing homebrew and I said okay great cool I'll put something together and um, again just said look this is my first one it's going to be a bit rough it's going to be a bit you know papered around the edges but if you've got questions we can expand on the world together we can we can make this up as we go along it'll be great Um, and it was it started off really well Um, everyone's backstory was built into the world Um, I was really pleased with all the bits that I'd built a lot of it was kind of I know what's going there but none of it's built because you're nowhere near it that sort of thing um and yeah the game kind of fell apart because there were some issues that the players had that they didn't tell me about they just kind of held on to them um so when I brought up an issue that I had uh, basically um there was this big reveal that I was working on um and had been kind of dropping hints like probably you know the last five or six sessions at least one or two hints per session for this thing they didn't know that that's what they were obviously but they were all going to kind of all the dots were going to be connected in this session and um the the big reveal happened and one of the players made a dick joke like interrupted this this big reveal moment and made a dick joke and i was just like i was i was stunned because I was, I, in my mind, I mean, this might be me being precious about it, but in my mind, I wanted it to be a big kind of mic drop moment. It was going to be the end of the session. It was supposed to be like, oh my God, this is not what I was expecting at all. Um, and then they'd see all the, 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 you know, the ingredients and, oh, that's what that meant. And that's what that meant. But this player had interrupted me to make a dick joke. And I was just like, it's a funny joke. It really is funny. This is absolutely not the time to make it. And I was just, I was so frustrated and we ended the session soon after that and I didn't say anything. Um, So anyway, then I, we went into the discord uh, or I went into the discord and wrote out a post saying, look, I felt like that really undercut my moment. This was something I've been working towards for ages, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm not going to use any names because there's no, no hate and there's no need to dob anyone in for this, but I got a, a huge, like, like, a mini novel worth of like rebuttal and you know I'll hold my hands up and say a lot of it was you know fair feedback like I I 
made rulings because I'm an inexperienced DM still. Um, I made some rulings on things that they didn't agree with. Um, I wasn't running the rules quite as they would expect, which I kind of, I, I was a bit annoyed about because I had, you know, I'd flagged that up several times, you know, um, but they never said anything, never said anything to me about it. And it was only when I brought up this issue that I had that the floodgates opened and it was literally some of it, like I say, some of it was justified. Um, uh, sorry, this is me cathartically ranting about it now. This is, no, the first time no. this is the first time I've properly spoken about it other than angrily typing to, to private <laughs> friends. So sorry, Do listeners, it. this, this is my guts spilling out. Um, and some of it was just like unjustified, really quite hurtful comments. Um, like things like, this story has no direction. You know, we don't know what the purpose is. Um, one of the players said, I don't feel involved with the world at all. And I was so frustrated at that because I'd spent a good couple of hours writing him letters, his character, I wrote his character letters from his home city. And they were filled with clues and stuff like that, of like seeding future moments in the yeah. campaign. And he was, it wasn't demanding, but he was, he was kind of like, Hey, how's it going? Have you thought about such and such yet? And, you know, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm just kind of formulating the ideas in my head. And I'd write out these letters and I'd, I'd run them through Photoshop to make them look like actual handwritten Aww. letters and you know all that detail that I was putting in for him to them say, I don't feel engaged in this world at all was a bit like, Oh, hang on. Here's your knife. It's in my back. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but that was one of the other players. And this other guy who'd written like this massive diatribe as it was, um, you know, that's, it hurt me a lot. And it really, really knocked my confidence as a DM. Um, this is not what we were supposed to be talking about at all, but hey, no, no, I think it is. So <laughs> no, it is though. It is though. I think that this brings up, I think this is a great transition point. I think this brings up a few things. I definitely talk on the show a lot about, and I think that in general, the idea and importance of session zeroing is has has come around a lot, which I appreciate. And consent checklists and playing with consent and different ways for engaging in out of game like aftercare or, you know, just recognizing yeah. things that are going on. But I think that there really is a place and I, and I think this story kind of earmarks it really eloquently is that. It, asking for feedback is one thing and it's something that I've run into in, in just general conversations or in any type of project. If you ask for feedback, like uh, I had created a card game, right? And I, I put a lot of work into it, did a lot of things with it, even got a few pr copies printed out for like beta mm. testing yeah. and gave it to people and would say, Hey, well, what did you think? Did you play it? They're like, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun is a valid response to what did you think of it, right? Yeah. A broad question gets a broad response. And but if I ask, what did you dislike the most about mm. any part of your experience? And they're like, oh, well, nothing. It was good. It was good. And the minute that I go, well, I don't like that the font on this card is too small to read. Hmm. And they go, oh, well, you know, actually, I did have a lot of trouble doing that. And then they go, and I didn't like how long the game lasted when we sure. got into it. Like the minute that I broke the seal of the, the kind of negative feedback, yeah. all of a sudden 
I was getting the like I and I needed that. And I think as a DM, especially early on, a lot of, you know, people that I've talked to, my own experiences included early DMing or just DMing with new players. Like mm. I don't I've DM'd a lot, but not consistently enough to ever feel confident about it. Right. Yeah. I'm not DMing, but like I DM one campaign every two to three years sure. <laughs> and they last for like six months. So I'm taking long breaks between and uh, I kind of, you know, every time I want that feedback, whether it's experienced players or new players, am I, are you understanding the rules? Well, am I understanding the rules? Well, you know, depending yeah. on what the group is. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people want to say like, yeah, it was fine. Cause they don't want to make waves. And I think yeah. that like demanding, like giving a safe, I don't, I, I, I hate using the term safe space necessarily. It's the right term. It's just been mm. colloquialized, yeah, but, yeah. but to, to give a space to say, Hey, it's the end of the game. Game was great. Everybody had fun. This was awesome. I, we're going to go around the room and say the thing that you liked the most and the thing that you hated the most. And yeah. nobody's going to rebut it. Nobody's going to have a rebuttal until everybody gets to say their piece. You get to say what you want without fear of somebody instantly judging you. Yeah. And and then as the DM, I'm going to start. I'm going to say that I loved this character moment and the interaction that the group had when they all came together to do this thing. And it really bothered me that you guys decided to take 20 minutes to make a plan that you didn't even try to execute, you know, (laughs) like maybe, maybe spend, if you're going to just be chaos monkeys, then let that be the thing, you know? Yeah. 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 And then, and then move to the next player. Now you've broken the seal open. You've said, I have now judged someone directly, which means it's fair for them to judge me. Yeah. And like, and I, but the thing is, is I secretly want and need that judgment. I don't care yeah. about the validation. The validation is great. The validation is, you know, <laughs> fine, whatever. Yeah. What I need to know is what did you hate? What did I do wrong? Like, wh- how can I actually improve? Because anytime I've ever asked, how can I improve? Unless you get a real bold person or somebody <laughs> that's like a longtime friend or, or is just way better at the rules than you or something that they yeah. have a mastery of, you won't get the feedback that you want. No. I think that was the problem that I had because we'd had we didn't have a session zero per se because it was literally I I didn't know I didn't know or appreciate the value of them at the time I just went hey these guys know what they're doing I'll run a game for them and we just carried on from there when we were switching across the worlds I had this is another thing that really annoyed me about them saying they didn't feel involved in the world enough I gave them like big surveys saying what do you want to see what storylines you want to come up what um, plot points do you want for your character and every single one of the things that they gave me was in the world <laughs> they didn't know it they didn't get there they didn't give it enough right. time to get there and stuff like that they didn't even see the main story because they kept going on side quests but like we had that moment to say what what do you want from this world and i will make it happen because i really want to make it happen i love seeing like critical role where they've all their personal they've got this main overarching storyline but they've got all their personal storylines coming in as well and i i love that and i wanted to do that so i spent ages crafting the world i designed the map which is still on my wall and haunts me every day um (laughs) with you know this is where this person lives and this is what's around them because of this part of their backstory one of the players said oh i'd I'd love to explore a volcano there's a literally a volcano range because she asked for volcanoes and she left the game like a few weeks before this anyway, because um, I can't remember what it was. But um, so we'd had all this, we'd had all this feedback stuff. But 
the stuff that was coming out in that in that huge message had never been brought up had never been spoken to me before and i guess it's coming back to what you were saying about not players not feeling bold enough to give that feedback but like to receive it when i hadn't asked for it and you know i was giving feedback about my you know i was saying this didn't work for me can we try and fix that for next time and it was like no because all of this isn't working Rah. for us yeah right. exactly like fireball coming out i was just like and it literally hurt me and i like i had um so this is this is one campaign that i was running and i was also running curse of strad so during the time i was running lost minds of fandelver you know a few sessions in half a year year in i started running the same campaign for a group of new players and some of those new players are now in my curse of strad group um so that week that that had happened um I had a Curse of Strahd game and I just, you know, we had half an hour at the start of the game where I kind of just, I literally sat on the Discord and said, look guys, I've got some, I've got some things I need to go through with you. And, um, Hayley, who was in both groups, um, knew that I was going to say this and, you know, I could, I could see, her, <laughs> I could see her face and she was like, okay, here we go. Like tensing <laughs> up because in. she knew what I was about to say. Um, yeah. and I just said, look, if there's any issues, if you've got any problems, please just be upfront with me about it because I'd rather know and try and fix it than to find out in a massive explosion of, you know, pent up aggression and grief and whatever, frustration, whatever they had. Like, you know, he was, when he was writing that, obviously there's a lot of problems and some of them I've caused. I will, I'm not saying that I was not in the wrong. I'm just saying that because I didn't know about them, how could I fix them? Right. Uh, by the time that he brought them all up, there was just like a hundred points to address. And I was just like, it's going to take me years to address all of this. You know, yeah, I can't undo and all of that. Exactly. And it just, it just hurt too much. So I was like, right. Okay. Well, position is clear. That's it. That's the end of this campaign. So I said to the other, the other players, I said, look, guys, just tell me. And I, I broke down in tears in front of them and I can feel myself getting emotional now. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, oh man, one sec. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think that it, it is a, it is a deal because I've, I've been in, I've been in that position where, and I've been the person on the other side too, to, to be frank. I've, and yeah. sometimes I believe that I've had legitimate issues that I've brought forth that I feel like I had brought forth in the past, but mm. either I didn't articulate well or they didn't think was a big issue. They thought I was just kind of like, oh, it would be nice if. Yeah. And for me, it actually was a big deal. And I wasn't expressing that. Sure. Then there have also been times where I thought something was a very big deal that I made out and like I was hurt by mm. and felt like I don't feel like you're giving this enough attention. I don't feel like you're respecting the boundaries of the players, the group or the situation or, or you know, my character or whatever the case is. And in in the middle of a long discussion coming closer and closer to finding out like as i'm trying to express my woes in if kind of like if i was like you said the player that said hey i'm not involved in the world and you're like okay well what about this letter i gave you and this letter and this character's backstory and these hints did you even notice them because yeah. they're literally lines from your backstory that i used verbatim hoping yeah. that you would realize that it's a hint you know <laughs> yeah exactly and and then sitting there and being like, well, okay, I just brought, I, I'm the jerk because I brought this big issue forward and I was all heated and whatever. 
and I'm the one that's wrong mm. come to find out. Right. Like, and, but I wouldn't have realized that if I didn't have the conversation and sometimes it can be inter like a lot of times it's, that's not the issue. Mm. Right. Like it's the issue that we bring forward very rarely is so cut and dry. It's more yeah. often something, some deeper emotional thing, but you don't get to that without yeah. a conversation. Yeah. You don't get to that without talking to somebody about it and addressing their concerns and finding out like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay. Like I was in the wrong when I brought that issue forward and I was like, I still feel this way and I'm going to take some time to find out why I feel this way. Yeah. Is it because I just don't like playing with, you know, the other person at the table? It's not even mm. the DM. It may be some other character that I'm projecting my issues for because I don't sure. want to cause drama or something, right? Like it can be so many things and self-reflection is hard and nobody's not nobody very few people are good <laughs> enough at it to to yeah. be able to teach others even um it's not something that self-reflection is not really taught in school so yeah. i think that's the that, other uh, thing that really frustrated important. me is that like these these were all things that i would have been very happy to have addressed and said well you know you're right there that is a problem and i want to fix that it's it's the fact that you there was no chance given. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I was just like, okay, cool. That's fine. Um, as it happens, you know, there are some issues currently in the Curse of Strahd group. I'm sorry, this is such a rant. But no, like... I love it. Just, I think that this is important. Got... I think that, that games having issues is important. Like, we talk yeah. about it theoretically a lot. And, and I've had a few discussions on the show sure. of issues that I've run into. But I think that, you know, it's one thing to talk about fighting a fire and training somebody to fight a fire. It's mm. another thing to say, I have fought a fire and this is what exactly. it looks like. And I, I think, think you they, learn they, a lot yeah. more from that person. The, 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 the paragraph, the big novel actually helped in that, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm better prepared to deal with it now. So there's, there's an issue. It's actually a very similar issue that's happened in Curse of Strahd. Like our last session, um, ended with me describing something that was happening like this this moment and I you know I, it was completely off the cuff I knew I wanted this to happen in some form because it leads into the next session which I haven't told the players what it is yet but um, I knew that something needed to happen I was waiting for the moment for it to happen the moment happened and I saw the opportunity and I went for it and I, I went full on description like this is what's happening to all of your characters now. You feel this, this is this is what it feels like. And it was very kind of detailed and you know, it was a good two minutes of description. Um and then it's fine, I'm gonna say this because by the time this goes out, we'll have dealt with it. But one of the players went, actually none of that happened um because of this. And he technically was not wrong. It was just the fact that he'd waited until the end of my really detailed and really, it was going to be that, that it was going to be a few moments of silence and then the classic cliffhanger. And that's where we're in the session. You know, that really big kind of mic drop moment, but he just went, no, 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 none of that happened because of this. And again, it just kind of undercut that whole moment. And maybe it's me being too precious. I, I describe myself as a cinematic DM. I like, I'm a filmmaker, yeah. so I like me the story and the moments and stuff. So oh, building I've, up I've to got... those moments. A whole couple of episodes telling people to use cinematographic language. Like, yes. Like, it's okay to say the camera zooms in. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If you're present, because a lot of people are visual thinkers when they hear it, and yeah. we're all familiar with TV, 
So we can say I learned it from Jesse Cox playing uh, Tales of the Loop, where he's like the whole intro, like the first episode. They when they are like, we're in the campaign. We've described our characters. We start. The camera is panning over like a drone shot, following this truck as it drives nice. towards a small town. And yeah. we zoom in closer and closer and we get closer and closer until we fade through the back window and we see the back of the head of the driver before this train smashes into and like and it's nice. like you can describe it that way. And I see it that way. I yeah, see yeah. the camera get closer. I see the back of the exactly. driver's head. I see the train. And like that doesn't t- just because we're playing a fantasy game doesn't that doesn't take me out of the world. Like hearing oh, nice. stage directions or camera yeah, shots, yeah. Like, it works. And I get it, though. I get like. It, it that's such a fine line to walk between like like rules and character agency versus mm. the story that I, that we're trying to tell as a, as a dm yeah. and and like it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't unobvious it was it was very clear like i'd said to them right we're going to be wrapping up the session very shortly but just before we do so they knew it was the last thing i was going to be saying and like i say i don't disagree with him like he had a very good technical point and if he'd have brought it up at the start I would have delayed that moment until the technical, the technicality, the reason it wouldn't have happened could pass and it would have landed. But because he waited until after it and just sat there and, and then gone, no, no, that didn't happen. That's what really annoyed me. And we didn't end the session um, because I don't want to end on that sort of thing. So I was a bit like, Oh, uh, okay. Well then tell me what you do. And I, you know, this is what I, this but the is what steam I'm is knocked out of your sails, right? Exactly. And I and think that that's such a hard situation too, though, because like, I, just to completely devil's advocate, and I am not trying to like call you out or anything, but just I've no, seen no. both sides of this play out in different ways. It's yeah. like he also was giving you the floor, right? Mm. Like there's there's an um, there's an element of consideration that you can be like he was trying to be really considerate and let me yeah. do all of this. But at the same Absolutely. time, maybe to consider it because if it wasn't going to happen, why did you let me go on for two minutes? Like, yeah. and, and it's like, like, it's like, I can't be mad at somebody for being considerate, but at the same time, yeah, it took all the wind out of the sails. I'm now floundering in a position where I've got to come up with a new idea when I just had, yeah. it's one thing if I've got to come up with a new tavern keep name, right? Yeah. Like, it's something else if I have to come up with a new emotional cliffhanger. Like yeah, there's a little exactly. bit more work that goes into that, especially when I just got knocked down a peg. And and especially when it's like legit, right? Like, like I, I have a I feat that says I'm immune to psychic and you just yeah. gave me psychic stuff. It doesn't happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and like I could say he was not in the wrong. He was he was absolutely correct, and you know you you may be right. He was possibly just letting me get on with it and didn't have that moment. But like the other side of it is, if he was like listening to listening properly and caring properly in terms of what I was saying, he would know that that was a very much a kind of pivotal story moment. You know, big. This is happening. This is affecting everyone, right? For for reasons which you don't understand yet. This is what's happening to you now, but having listened to all of that and realized that that was the moment I was going to be like ending the session on to then go, no, actually that doesn't happen to me. And, you know, I think partly, you know, these are deeper issues. It's, it's the fear of consequences, like that it was something really extreme that was happening and, you know, not in a kind of game ending type way, but it it makes sense in terms of the the story arc for what I'm going to tell them about next. Yeah. 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 
so we carried on and you know i was like okay fine what do you want to do and i was flustered and um i can't remember what exactly was said and really annoyingly i had a different setup and so normally i record the sessions and i can't go back and listen because neither me or the other player who was in the room with me are being recorded so i can't even hear what i actually said Aww. i know in my head what i said but like I snapped and I, I, you know, I shouted and I, it was really awkward. And, you know, I immediately went, oh, okay, yeah, we need to end the game now because I was tired. It was like two in the morning. I was yeah. tired and I was frustrated and I snapped and I said things that I shouldn't have said. And I'll, again, I'll hold my hand up. And I've since spoken to both the players because one of the players said, messaged me the next day. I was like, hey, just so you know, that was really awkward. I was like, yeah, I'm fully aware it was awkward. But at the same time, <laughs> this is why. Um, and I'm going to speak to the other player directly. And I haven't, I've spoken to him and said, hey, I've got an improv show coming up. My mind is in that space. I know I messed up and I know I shouldn't have spoken to you that way. And I'm really sorry. We do have some things to address though. So the conversation will be happening, just not yet. So, and I still haven't had the conversation, but hey, this is January now. That was October. So we'll have had the conversation <laughs> by then. It's fine. Hopefully it went well. Thank you. I'm sure it did. <laughs> if but it yeah, doesn't, so let me know. And we'll just, we'll pull this we'll just, episode. We'll re-edit it. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> yeah we'll hang on, let me do a recording. Oh no, it went really badly. So you, you can choose, <laughs> you can choose which one you go for. Okay. But anyway, okay. so that's a long, long-winded way of me saying, hey, this Curse of Strahd campaign that I'm running is going so great. We're having the best time. <laughs> um, it really is. Like, I know, I know that's ironic with everything I've just said, but I think that, like, I think it is. I'm think like, I, okay. So I want to take a pause and mm. like be sincere for a moment. And thank you for your vulnerability. Like it's, it's for real hard. Like I, I'm not sure that I've talked that in depth about like, I've had moments like that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not some perfect DM or perfect person. A lot of my D&D time was in my like mid to late 20s. And even in my late 20s, there's not a lot of trauma and personal development that I had taken seriously yet. Sure. Like, and and I'm sure even if I were to do something now, I would probably be a lot better than I was then. I'm pretty confident in that. But it's still human. It's a human experience. We're not, like we said, we're not video games. We're not robots. We don't have yeah. a team of 10, 20, a hundred people validating every line of our code yeah. to make sure exactly. that, that these things don't it runs happen. properly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And it runs on every machine the same way and every video yeah. card and every setup <laughs> yeah. and every, yeah. like it's a human experience. And I think that sharing the imperfections is important i think that it is good to because i think that things like even critical role where even before they were D players they're all established actors and yeah. and business types and they've been in the industry they know their way around things so mm-hmm. they have they've committed a lot of not all of there's plenty of mistakes in critical role right but sure. i think it sets up it's it's product it's produced they've got a whole team of like 30 people there's oh, yeah. high production quality yeah there's yeah. the actors are all talented actors and guest stars and and they're pulling big talent in mm. so it can get easy not just with the the quote-unquote matt mercer effect but also just the near fantasy of it 
Like, mm. there's a reason so many people think it's scripted, right? One, yeah, they're yeah. really good. But yeah. two is like, they do a great job of pulling you into that world. And even in a lot of, there's a lot of other, almost any Twitch stream, for the most part, nine times out of, I don't know, 99 out of 100 times, maybe, you plug, you drop into a Twitch stream or especially a podcast or something that is edited, any kind of live action after the fact, mm. you only see what happens at the table and yeah. what works. And you and don't crucially, see... what the producers want you to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't see the after the fact moments. I'm sure that there's been some contentious moments on Critical oh, Role. You absolutely. can see in faces some yeah, of yeah. the disgust that I've felt as it like, really, <laughs> you're going to do that? You're going to yeah. do that to me? Like, I think probably not to get like, I don't like to get super specific about Critical Role. I like it. But like, hmm. I think Laura Bailey probably wears that the most on her sleeve. Like she wears yeah. her frustration on her sleeve more than anyone else. Sure. And I could see where like there's a there's there's a look that to me speaks like we're talking about this afterwards, Matt Mercer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Like, yeah. like this is gonna be our 30 minute back and forth. We need to go get a drink and we need yeah. to figure yeah. out what can we do to make this work. And and I and I think that a lot of tables have that happen at some point. Mm. And I think that it's not something that's seen or discussed the the actual in-depth the novel notes you know the the paragraphs upon paragraphs with no line breaks that yeah. are dropped on you <laughs> right after and a lot of time in a lot of my experience something really good just happened yeah yeah like this was great i had the best game ever this was awesome and one person kind of slumps in the corner and looks away and i'm like uh-oh <laughs> like hey are you okay they're like yeah uh -huh. just you know life stuff i'm like okay yeah two hours later at a you know one o'clock in the morning six pages come through discord or <laughs> facebook messenger or text or whatever and yeah. like i knew it i knew things weren't okay and oh boy they are worse than i thought yeah, yeah. so like i i think like like thank you for sharing that for being real and for you know not being some perfect oh and i solved everything wonderfully and i'm the best dm ever and nothing nobody was wrong it was just uh, differences that we all worked out like no it's real someone it's... on twitter today um uh, it was just a throwaway tweet and it just really it really got me for some reason and they said um I can't remember what exactly they said. And they were like, oh, I'm still kind of learning the ropes of DMing. Um, I know all of you guys are perfect, but, you know, what would you like to improve on? And my response was, I didn't even answer the question. My response was, hey, none of us are perfect, dude. None of us. Like, because that is such a such an impossible standard to, to aim for. Like, the Matt Mercer effect, right? Matt Mercer is not a perfect DM. No, he's, a he's bloody, not. He's a really, really, really good DM. But he's not perfect. And there are things that he does, you know, that work for his table that would not work for my table. Oh, yeah. And there it would are not rules work for... that I would never let Absolutely. But I think there's just that impossible to it. Like, perfection in any discipline is impossible and that's what really winds me up about you know like hey you gotta you gotta keep working to be better to be better to be better but no you be happy with what you've got like and i'll admit i'm a i'm a perfectionist like mm -hmm. my youtube stuff my recordings my filmmaking my photography i'm always kind of like oh that could be better that could be better 
And I don't see it as, hey, that's really good. All I'm seeing is that could be better. But then Chloe will say to me, Aaron, that's really good. I'm like, and I have to have a moment of like, (laughs) yeah, in in my head, it's like, no, 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 you don't know. Because it can be better. I can see, I already know all all these things. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But like, and then I have to kind of force myself to step back and be like, you know what? It is good. And it, you know, I did some wedding photos this morning and while I was doing them, um, I was like, oh man, these don't look as good as I thought they would. And, you know, they're not going to like them. I I hope they're okay. And then I sat down with her and I said, do you want to have a look at these wedding photos? Because we're planning our wedding and when, you know, we're taking some ideas being a wedding photographer, I've seen a lot of weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was just like, come and have a look at these photos. And she sat down with me and, and she was like commenting, oh, look at that, that's really cute. And as she was doing that, I was just looking at the photos and I was looking at the finished photos. And I was like, these are actually really good. Like this morning when I was feeling like awful because they're not up to my perfection standards, right. that's rubbish because they're great. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like... Um, last session before the the most recent Strad session I recorded it and that was the first one that I'd listened back to like normally I record them just so the players can listen to because Haley loves to listen to them because she's made detailed notes her character story is immense and she'll go back and listen and make even more notes um but that last one was the first one that I'd listened to and actually I found that really helpful because I don't think I do voices very well like I always feel really hokey about it and like I'm just oh this is terrible I'll do it but I feel really bad about it but then when I listened to that recording I was like hey that actually sounds really good I'm really you know I'm I can I can hear these different characters like in Barovia all of the characters speak with a Barovian accent you know and I'm like oh man I'm just doing the same accent over and over again but <laughs> It's not, there's differences that I'm not appreciating in the moment. So when I listened back mm-hmm. to it, I was like, oh man, actually that is really good. And like the DM of our, uh, the game that I'm a player in is, he loves, you know, listening to D&D. So he'll, he'll listen to the, the sessions as well. And he said to me like a couple of weeks back, he said, Aaron, you're really good at voices. I was like, am I? I don't think I am. <laughs> like, mate, no, you really are. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was a real kind of moment of like, Hey, that's I'm I'm quite proud of that, you know. <laughs> and I think awesome. that's, that's what really we good. kind of forget to do is like, like I'll you know I'm same as everyone. I'll focus on the negatives, and that's that's why that huge paragraph really hit me because there's a lot of negatives at once. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. To, that's a lot for me to focus on for the next however long, and I'm still probably not over it. Um, but like going back and and focusing on the positives as well is important because you know it's not perfect it's rough around the edges we're not like you say we're not produced we're not edited we're not um you're not we're not we haven't got these 30 years of voice acting experience and matt mercer has been playing the game for 30 years he's got that to build from i've been playing for two years i'm not going to be perfect i'm not going to make consistent rule checks every time but i'll happily say i actually don't know let me look it up or we had a moment where I'd made a, a call with Haley's character. She has a spell that she uses quite a lot. And I said, oh, it doesn't work that way. And she said, well, you've told me before that it does. And so we had a moment in the game where I was like, actually, yeah, that does make sense. And then I looked it up. Yep, yeah, I'll hold my hands up. That's a bad call. We'll go with what I said originally. That The fact that I'm not striving for, for, for perfection means I can say, yeah, and you know, that's a mistake. I made a mistake. 
I'm the first person to admit if I've made a mistake, like way back, you know, this is going to be a shock to people who don't know me closely. But <laughs> when I was in school, I stabbed someone. Hooray. That's a, there you Ooh. go. There's a revelation for you. <laughs> but like, no, a... <laughs> there's, there's context to it. There's context to it. I'm not a psychopath. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I won't give you the context, but there is context. But anyway, so I stabbed this guy with a pen right? It's immediately not as bad as you were thinking now, right? Stabbed him with a pen, just literally jab, and then walked away. He was a he was a swear word, and he definitely deserved it. But when I walked away, I walked straight to the uh, deputy head's office and confessed. And I said, I've done this, and I shouldn't have done it, and I'm really sorry, but I've done it. And explained, and I had my day of exclusion, and I <laughs> You know, I owned up immediately. <laughs> but that's the point. Like, I, you know, I make mistakes. I react badly, but I will own that. I will always stab own people. that. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beware. Yeah. If, you, if yeah. you try to challenge me on my D&D rules, you might get stabbed again. <laughs> <I will laughs> that's be that's how this table rolls. I've, I've stabbed a person. I haven't okay. stabbed people yet, but there could be a second. We already have a blossoming murder hobo. No. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so oh, sorry, Lord. listeners. This is my no, dark side. No, you, haven't, you haven't experienced this. <laughs> Some people would be listening to this, like, hey, you were listening to this, like, yep. Right, <laughs> Some people would be right. sitting to me, like, what? Who? <laughs> oh what my god. Can I release guy? this? No. <laughs> um, but I'll own it. You know, that happened. I, uh, there's. There's a lot of context that I would love to get from you on this main episode, <laughs> but we are, we're not, I don't want to run too terribly long here. Sure. Um, sure. I always, I always like to make sure that I give the last part of my episode uh, to my guest for anything that they would like to talk about that hasn't been discussed. Um, or if there are any shout outs or, uh, you know, any sort of things you want to give or things you want to plug, anything like that. Uh, I always try to make sure that the last part of the episode goes to you. So Aaron at Aaron Games, is there anything that you would like to bring up before we end the show? I think I would like to make a massive apology because this show is called Dungeons and Dinners and we haven't talked about food once. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. If you if you uh, subscribe to the Patreon, then uh, you, might get a, you might get a few fancy yes. thoughts over there. As Let's well, do that. So. That sounds good. I'm so sorry. Um, no. Yeah, so um, I am in a game that we're going to be launching as a stream soon. It's going to be called God Punches. Um, and again, have that with no context. Um, but you can find it on Instagram and Twitter now. We haven't gone live yet with the stream. We're, we're, you know, we're still kind of, we're, we're doing the producing thing. We're making it look good and working on the editing and stuff before we um, go live. But it's called God Punches. And the tagline by one of the brilliant players in the group, Blue, uh, is... Uh, I won't say the word, same, different deity. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's going to be a stream game soon. That's the game that I'm playing with Blue and Haley, And Harlan Ogni is the GM, and he's just incredible. And we have such fun every week, and it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a chaotic, chaotic, <laughs> random blast. But, yeah, that's coming soon. Um, I don't know in terms of my content when stuff is coming out. I've got some recordings which I have yet to edit but my life is frantic at the moment so I, I'm running improv shows I've just started a new job which is a very full-on schedule so 
I am actually on pause at the moment in terms of Aaron's games content-wise on YouTube. I used to stream. Um, hopefully, I'll get back to that at some point, but you know, don't know at the moment. So I don't have anything of my own to plug currently, other than uh, if you're listening to this in time, I have a couple of improv shows coming up in the UK. If you're from the US and you fancy flying over to, to Suffolk, UK, then feel free. Uh, the 22nd, the 21st of January, I think it is, uh, at the Fisher Theatre in Bungie, we're going to be performing our biggest ever improv comedy show. And then we've got another one in March. And I'm very excited about those because as of the time of recording, we've just had our first in-person show Last weekend, we had our first in-person show back after the pandemic, and it felt so good, and it was so fun, and I love improv comedy. So, yeah, that that's a mini plug, but it's very specific to only a few people. Hey. <laughs> but if you're in the area, come and see us and shout nonsense at us. It's <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> well, um, we'll also have links in the description to your link tree as well. Hopefully, uh, by the time this does go live, we can get you a little bit back on your feet and your your YouTube and stream schedule. I'm sure. Yes, has been. you've got a lot of content out there. If even if it's not back up to full production yet, there's tons of content over there. Lots oh, there's of definitely hours of fun. Love it. There's, there's so, actual playing out of my eyeballs on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with me and being vulnerable and being real. I think oh, it's mate. you know. It's, I think it's, it was cathartic. I, I I needed to say it somewhere, so I'm glad that this yeah. is the place. And apologies again to anyone listening. It's very no, oversharing. No, they needed to hear it. it. They helpful. needed to hear, even if they didn't want to. They needed. Yeah, to hear it, so. <laughs> I'm I'm the story you didn't know you deserved. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thank you again so much for coming. Thank on. you. It's been a pleasure. So that's all for the episode today. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you to Aaron for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, consider clicking in that little star rating area or dropping a review in your podcast app of choice because word of mouth and different types of algorithm boosts really do make a difference in getting this show to more ears. All of the links and contact information discussed can be found down in the show notes, and if you want to keep in touch, you'll find that I am most active on Twitter at AndDinners. If you're interested in supporting the show or want access to the entire back catalog of exclusive bonus episodes, like today's minisode where Aaron comes back to talk about wedding snacks, a 10-course Asian meal, mint bombs, and so much more, or if you just want to help keep this podcast ad-free, consider tossing a few coins over to patreon.com slash dungeonsanddinners. If you're looking for other great podcasts to listen to, check out my other broadcast, Pick Up Your Sticks. It's a long-form podcast about why gaming matters, co-hosted by myself and my dear friend Walker Near. I'm really excited to be sharing this journey with you, and remember that love is the secret ingredient. Have a good day, friend. Thanks for stopping by.